Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Dublin Story Slam. Uh, It's special in a number of ways as this is our proper 25th episode of the podcast. But it's obviously coming to you at a very weird, unusual, downright scary time. We're not going to mention the C word. Um, But what we are going to do is to try and share with you some stories that are going to remind you of, you know, some of the the, the important things that we all need to be doing uh, right now when the world is all coming together to tackle some of the biggest challenges that it's ever faced. Um, So my name is Julian Clancy. I'm the producer of the Dublin Story Slam. We are absent from any kind of live stage or we're not doing any kind of live events. We're hunkered down in the bunker, but we are intent on sharing stories with you. And I think now more than ever is the time for stories. So coming up over this episode, we have three stories for you. Um, that show three really, 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 really important things uh, that we all need to be doing. And then after that, we are going to have a very special, exciting news about the next chapter of the Dublin Story Slam. So make sure you uh, stay tuned for that. So our first story comes from John Craddock. And the theme of the night was goals. And John got up and told this story, which just had the audience laughing from start to finish. But as well as being a lovely kind of super sweet story about uh, being a 10 year old kid uh, in, in Dublin, pursuing his dream goal. He also just brought us back to a very, very simple time when life was very, very, very less complicated. So I think it's the perfect way to start off this episode. So this is John Craddock. Let's keep it going. Let's get John onto stage. A big round of applause. Welcome, John. Thanks for coming. Can we get you sorted, lined up there? That's about right. This story is a story from my childhood, and it's a true story, in fact. I told it once before on the Jerry Ryan show, and my mother didn't talk to me for almost a year afterwards. (laughs) Now she's dead, and she may be able to hear it again. Um... (laughs) So I'm banking on my agnosticism that she can't hear it at all. (laughs) So um, this is about my lifelong ambition to become a window cleaner. (laughs) I was 10. It was the summer, and all the best stories happened in the summer, when you were a child at least. And we lived in Woodlands Avenue in Cabin Some of you may know where that is. 
It's a modern housing estate built in the 60s, all square, half-brick houses, four beds, small gardens. And this particular summer's day, my mother looked out the windows and said, John, will you clean the windows? And I said, OK, because I was a good boy. I still am now. <laughs> so she said, um, you'll get some rags to do it. Open the hot press upstairs. And I said, rock on, mammy. So I went upstairs, and I opened the hot press door. And there was all sorts of stuff in there. And it was actually fairly neat, um, at that stage at least, because we didn't have that much. But the towels were all folded, and the pillowcases were folded. And it was all this pretend cotton that she got in Dunn stores, but it was polyester. And there was no rags. Nothing that resembled something worn enough or old enough that I could drag it downstairs and tear it in half. But I spotted at the corner of the, the hot water cylinder, the old the copper thing with no insulation on it. We all had one of those. In the corner, there was a plastic bag. And I picked it up and looked inside. And there was these white things. And they were big. And they looked like they'd do the job. And I grabbed two of these. And down the stairs into the garage, I got out the ladder. I got out the old pink windoline. You probably remember that. We all had a bottle of it. And I set the ladder up in the front garden under the sitting room window, and up I went with the windowlane. Now, this was a painter's ladder that my dad had got from somebody, and I had a little lip at the top for hanging a pot. As it happened, these things had loops on the end of them. <laughs> so they hung on the ladder too. So I hung one on the ladder, I got the windowlane, I got one of them, and away I went, cleaning away. And I started on the left, working my way across, and they were really good. One I used for putting the windowlane on, and then I swapped them on the ladder, and the other one I used for cleaning it off. And they were amazing. I kid you not. In fact, you could have sold them on packets for window cleaning. So I was working away, and I got down and moved the ladder a bit to do the middle, because I was only a short guy. I wasn't as tall as I am now. <coughs> so I was working away, cleaning the window, minding my own business, and I would have listened to an iPod. They weren't invented back in 1960, no, 1970 to the day. There was a knock on the door. There was a woman, it was Mrs. Nesbitt, and uh, I would hide her name, but she's dead too now, so that doesn't matter. And Mrs. Nesbitt was knocking furiously at the door. And she wouldn't look at me. I said, hello, Mrs. Nesbitt, and she wasn't talking to me. So it's all a vague memory, but I was cleaning away, and I remember, unusually for her, she didn't say hello, she pushed in the door as the door opened, and the door closed. And I was still cleaning and thought, that's a bit strange. She's not normally like that. And then I heard, Jesus, Mary, and Holy Saint Joseph. And the door opened, and Mrs. Nesbitt shot out like it out of a cannon. And she was out the drive. And my mother's arm, and she was a tiny woman. She was, she was seven stone, and she was about four foot eleven. And her arm came out the door and got the ladder. And her head didn't come out, and she reefed the ladder in the door with me hanging on to the end of it. And as we got into the hall, she said, what do you think you were doing? And she was slapping me across the head. I, I, I was lost. I was truly and absolutely lost. In fact, I was trying to remember what the last thing I did that would warrant this, because maybe this was like a backlash, but it wasn't. So get to your room. Get up to your room. Well, your father comes home. You're going to be in real trouble, she said. And up I went to my room. So I sat on the bed, and I was wondering, what's just happened? Uh, and I thought about cleaning the windows. That's OK. That was all working. Uh, one of the ladder feet went into the flower bed at one stage, but it couldn't have broken anything. And then I thought, maybe she's found the magazine under the bed. So I had a look under the bed in the box. No, it was still there. I pushed that back in. 
And then the door bursts open and in comes Josephine. Now that's her real name, by the way. That's my older sister and she's not here tonight. And Josephine came in and said, what do you think you were doing? And I said, I was cleaning the windows. And she said, but, but are you stupid? And I said, I wasn't sure what the answer was because it appeared I might have been. So she said, what were you thinking of using those to clean the windows? I, I said, I, I got them out of the hot press. She said, you're stupid. And I thought, yeah, we're getting kind of that clear. And then she said, you're not supposed to use them for anything like that. I said, well, why not? She said, well, what did you think they were? I said, well, they're absorbent. And she said, that's not good enough. So she's standing there, and you're an idiot. And she says, they're for women's things. I said, what kind of women's things? I'm still 10, you know. And 10 back then was you played with cars, you played with bikes, you were shooting on the road with bows and arrows, but I didn't know anything else. And she says, they're for women's periods. I said, okay, yeah, right. And, well, what's the problem with using them? She said, the neighbours would see them. And I said, do the neighbours not have periods? (laughs) Jesus Christ, she said. So she said, you're just thick. And out the door she went. Now, about 15 minutes later, the mammy arrived back up in the bedroom and she said, you are in big trouble. Wait till your father comes home. And as it happens, I stayed in my room for the afternoon. My father eventually came home. And I didn't know it at the time, but I know now that my father was as likely to talk to me about women's periods as he would have been about anything else to do with bodily functions at all. So now I did go without a dinner and you can see how that's affected me. I've been trying to recover from it ever since. But that was back in 1970, and, you know, I was a kid. In those days, boys knew nothing about women's periods. Full stop. That was John Craddock there, and we have a picture up of John as a 10-year-old boy. Um, that he shared with us and uh, you can find it on our Instagram or Facebook or, or whatever Twitter so make sure to seek it out because ah, he was a, he was a real cute little kid so we asked all of our storytellers on this episode to give us a little bit of advice or maybe some little bit of insight like John is in his 70s one of his great passions is sailing and he's a sailor and so when we asked him about you know do you have any advice for anybody he gave us this great brilliant 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 piece of advice so I'll just read what he what he says here so uh, this is from John uh, it's advice for people stuck at home he said at sea you have to grow accustomed to living in close quarters with your fellow sailors and I'm mindful of that now as we try to continue to love each other in very trying times When new sailors are joining us for a voyage, I advise them thus. Just because you've taught it doesn't mean you have to say it. If you think anyone wants your advice, you'd better think again. If it isn't yours, don't move it or put it away. Someone may think it is where they left it. Borrow nothing without asking. You can laugh as long as it's meant to be funny. Don't expect thanks for anything, but be gracious if it comes your way. If you're wrong, tell everyone. And if you're right, keep it to yourself. That's brilliant. I love that. And just this last little line from John about advice about how we can all get through this together. And it's, you cannot repeat any voyage. So make sure you can look back on this one without regret or remorse. That is John Craddock there. So our next story comes from Rose O'Donoghue. 
And Rose is working in HR in a hospital. So she's very much at the coalface and working with the, the helpline, the frontline staff who are, are going through um, this incredible challenge at the moment. And Rose got up and told her own story. She, she came to the Story Slam on her own. She didn't, didn't bring any family, any friends, didn't even think, I, I don't think she even told people that she was going to be telling this story because it dealt with a very challenging um, part of her life. Now, there is a mention of rape in this story, but I do stress that this isn't a story about that. Because this story for me was all about strength. Okay. And that's the other thing I think that everybody needs right now is I think they need to be strong, strong for each other and strong for themselves and strong for the future as well, because we're, we're still very much, you know, riding this out. So it is well worth sticking with. Okay. This uh, is Rose a huge O'Donoghue. Welcome to the stage, Rose O'Donoghue. Rose O'Donoghue. That's Rose. Welcome, Rose. I'm very nervous, so please bear with me. Um, Okay, so my goal that I set was to achieve a master's. And I set this goal back in 2016. Um, My motto in life is a reason, season, and lifetime. So the reason why I set this goal was over 10 years before that I failed my leaving cert. Um, I failed my leaving cert because I experienced uh, quite a traumatic event. I was raped when I was 16 and I plummeted into a very, very severe depression. Um, so the memory of me sitting my leaving cert is not really there. I remember walking out of many of my exams and walking through Stevens Green Park. I wasn't very much in my body. Um, so I felt like quite a failure. I felt a huge amount of shame from that experience. Um, and then getting my results and realizing I failed was just compounded shame. So. Uh, There I was 10 years later, and I said to myself, I need to prove this to myself that I can do this um, and claim back because I felt robbed. So I set myself the goal, I'm all or nothing, of completing a master's in international security and conflict. Um, I grew up in a broken home, so to speak, so I got fixated on conflict. um, And I decided, right, I I really want to understand this. and it was going well. So we're in 2017 and I'm getting two ones in all my modules. My confidence is up. I'm feeling great. This is really good. I'm working part time in a job I'm really enjoying, studying part time. And I'm coming towards the end of 2017 and I'm not feeling great. Um, and I know my body quite well and I know something's up. So um, I'm lying on a plinth and I'm getting a lovely facial by a friend of mine, Sharon. I'm telling Sharon I'm not feeling great. You know, I think I've got sinusitis or something. And Sharon's feeling, and she's giving me a face, and she said, Rose, you've got a lump in your neck. Um, And I knew, I just knew straight away, I was like, this isn't good. Um, So I went to the doctor, and I got tests done. I thought, maybe it's thyroid. You know, my mom has an overactive thyroid, my aunt, maybe that's it. Um, And the results came back, and the results said that my thyroid was functioning normally. So I pushed and said, I need to, there's something wrong. I need to get seen to. So um, I work in a hospital. I'm not a a doctor or a nurse. I work in HR uh, for my sins. And one of the perks of working in the hospital was that I got to get seen to in the hospital. So I'm sitting across this consultant, 2017. 
it's after Christmas. Um, I'm single. I'm feeling shit. I'm absolutely petrified. And he's going, we have to put you through some tests now. I said, okay, fine. So 2017, I go, fuck this. I'm going to go to London. I need to just get out. And I'm in a New Year's Eve party. Um, my friend and her husband threw it. I'm with one of my uh, other best friends. And I'm in the party. And I walk in and I see this guy. And you know when you're single and you have a bit of drink and you're feeling a bit cocksure. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. That guy is an absolute ride, you know? <laughs> He's, he's, I'm going to score him tonight. Absolutely. I fucking deserve this. So, so I look at him and he's also six foot four and he looks Norwegian. So I'm like, oh my God, amazing. He's not Irish. No offense or anything. But I had had my fill of Irish men. I just went, yes, yes. So I walk up and I'm like looking up at him and he's there with his cans of Guinness. And I was like, oh, you like Guinness. I like that though. I go, happy new year, and expecting him to kind of be happy new year. And he looks down and he just goes in his Dublin Scaries accent, happy new year. And I go, fuck. Um, so he follows me around, I'm enjoying it, the attention, you know, and he's giving me your number, give me your number. I reluctantly give it. It takes me about a week to, um, to write back to him, which is on a Sunday, having the fear and feeling a bit lonely. So I did. So that's 2018. I'm texting and talking to this guy, George, and he's great. And, um, and then I'm sitting again in front of the consultant and the consultant's going, Rosie, tests are back. They're not conclusive. We don't know, but you've got a tumor that's two and a half centimeters in your neck. We have to get it out. So I go, just be straight with me. What are the chances? He said, 50-50 cancer. And I go, okay, fuck us, just get it out. Um, so I give George an out. We're only seeing each other about six weeks. I said, this is the deal. I have to go in for surgery. Um, his ex-girlfriend, bear in mind, had cancer as well. So I was like, fuck's sake. Um, so I gave him the out and I'm in for surgery and flowers arrived to the room and there's a little note just saying, you've got this, George. And I just went, yes, okay. Um, so I have my surgery. I have to wait a week, I'm told, for results. A week turns into two, turns into three, turns into four. It was the most horrific four weeks of my life. And I got a phone call from my consultant saying, Rose, um, it was cancer. So I'm going, okay, okay, but it's out now, so I'm all right, yeah? He's going, not necessarily. You know, we left the other side of your thyroid. That has to get checked. That all just goes off my, in my head. So I'm just going, okay, right, Grant. So straight away, I go up to the, di the dentist. So I have a dentist appointment. I'm sitting down. Alex, my dentist, going, hey, Rose, how's it going? I was like, yeah, 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 Grant, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I just got, yeah, no, just found out of cancer. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? get the fuck home. So I go home and then I start getting fixated on, you know, shit, my thesis is due. Like, what? I, like my thesis is due. I, like, I can't believe this is happening. So I email my tutor, Dermid, and Dermid replies and calls me the next day and he's like, you absolutely crazy, you're deferring it for a year. So he's right, I deferred it and I went into intensive therapy for post-traumatic stress. I say I talked about cancer a handful of times over the year. Um, I unlocked, I suppose, the trauma that I went through when I was 16. Um, and I'm going then into 2019 and I'm healing a lot physically, mentally, emotionally. I pick back up my laptop and I start penning my thesis. Um, and I meet this amazing woman called Semhar, who's an Eritrean refugee. And we start talking on the phone for about 16 hours in total. And she tells me her story of her traumas crossing through the Sahara Desert, seeing dead bodies, crossing the Mediterranean Sea, losing friends, drowning, um, her experience of rape. And I start realizing that, fuck, I'm actually 
I'm quite like Sam Hire in ways. I'm, I'm a survivor. Um, and we spark up this incredible friendship. And Q November of 2019, I submitted my thesis in and I got my results and I got a 2-1 master's. <laughs> Failed my leaving cert, but I got a 2-1 master's. Um, and I'm walking the Cliffs of Moher on New Year's Eve 2019, two years after I met George. And we did a 20K hike. I nearly fell off the cliffs at one point. <laughs> um, and I'm looking at this view and I'm retaking it in. And George, I turn and look and I'm like, he's fucking on his phone looking at a Liverpool match. Like, he's not taking this in, <laughs> fucker. And then I turn around and George is on his knee. And he's going, Rose, will you marry me? Um, so I got my masters. I got my other goal of, which I wrote, falling in love and allowing myself to be loved. Um, and that's the end of my story. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well done, Rose. That was great. Thank you very much, Rose. That was Rose O'Donoghue there uh, with a story that uh, just, it was told from such a position of, of strength um, that I think it really inspired the audience that night and hopefully has inspired you too. Because, yeah, I think I think strength is, is one of those qualities as well as being able to have a bit of a laugh that we all need right now. I asked Rose as well, who is, as I said, working in a hospital. She's working in, in the HR department and, and helping some of the frontline staff um, deal with this pandemic. So this is from Rose. So one positive I'm taking from this is that it has managed to highlight the areas that we often overlook. So unless you've been ill or have a family member who's ill, we haven't until this profound time realised the level of service and importance that they provide to our daily lives. Otherwise, we'd be writing thank you cards every day. And the same goes, I believe, for our bin collectors, teachers and guards. So yeah, really re-emphasising that message that we are 
all in it together. And that's important to remember. Our final story of this podcast uh, comes from a simpler time again back in December when we had our Christmas party. And we did a fundraiser uh, for a loan, uh, which is a, a national charity here in Ireland that's all about providing support uh, to the to older people uh, in our community. And that is something that is needed now more than ever. OK, this is Laura O'Brien, who told the story. The theme of the night was Together. I think it's a very fitting way to end the night. And it's just a super sweet story of an unlikely friendship. This is Laura O'Brien. Hi, Laura. Welcome. Hi. Uh, I've been coming to Story Sam for about 18 months now, and I always swore I'd never be on this side of the mic, but here I am. Um, the reason I am, I've kind of always been obsessed with older people, um, and I'm actually a volunteer with Alone, so that's why I thought it might be a nice night to tell my story. <laughs> uh, so I guess it all started, um, my granny passed away this year in June, and she was my favourite person in the whole world. I had an amazing relationship with her and she just told the best stories and she had so much wisdom I suppose to give us and um, I've done different kind of volunteering things through school and stuff in the past with older people and I've always just really enjoyed it. So kind of flashback to 2015 I'm living with two friends and me and one of the girls hadn't had a holiday that year and we're like feck it like let's go somewhere. So really last minute we decided didn't really know where to go and I was like oh I've heard about this thing called the Camino want to try that so we didn't really know what it was even and we were like yeah feck it like we'll go so went on the internet booked flights to Bilbao flew over big massive backpacks that probably weighed more than we did and uh, off we set following yellow hours on the ground didn't really know what we were at we walked for about five days from Bilbao to Santander and I suppose you have a lot of time to think and reflect and the girl that I went away with is um, very kind of philosophical and she's a real deep thinker so she's bringing out lots of good stuff and good ideas in me so I kind of set about three or four goals for myself when I was away and I was like right this is what I'm going to do when I come home and of course I came home and I didn't really follow through on any of them except one of them which is that I wanted to do a bit of volunteering. So I came back, went into work, and I went online, and I was kind of looking up a few different things, and I came across the Simon community. So I emailed them, sent in a little application, and they got back to me, and they're like, oh, great, we'll contact you when we're having our next like, open day. So I was like, yeah, fantastic. And I never heard back from them. So in typical Laura fashion, I was like, oh, I could, you know, I tried, so it didn't work out, grand. So fast forward a couple of years, so this is back last year, 2018, um, I'm renting a house in Dublin, living with two girls who were nice, but we weren't really friends, and... <laughs> You know, <laughs> and so I'm kind of living there. I had been dating this guy for just under a year and he turned out to be a sociopath. So <laughs> that's a totally different story, different night. Probably needs longer than seven minutes and lots of vodka. Um, <laughs> so I guess I was just kind of in a bit of a bad place. Um, I didn't really like where I was living. I just gone through this horrible breakup and um, I just want, I didn't really want to be in the house that much, so I was kind of trying to find things to do in the evenings. So, uh, thanks to Tinder, there are other ways to meet people. <laughs> I went on many, 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 many very, very bad Tinder dates. Um, so that's kind of how I was spending my evenings. And um, I was on my way into town one evening, I was on the bus, and uh, they had like a little advertisement up on the bus, and it was for a loan. I didn't really know what it was, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll have a Google of this. It's probably on my way into town to a very, very bad Tinder date, so it's like, this will distract me on the way in. So I had a Google, and it said it's a befriending service for older people. I was like, hmm, 
sounds good. I like old people. I like chatting. I like tea. I like biscuits. So it's like, this sounds like a win-win situation. So I sent away an application and they got back to me and they said they actually were having an information day in maybe a week or two's time and it was quite close to where I was renting. So I was like, hmm, this kind of sounds like good timing. So I went along to the information day. It's about a two-hour session and they give you all the information about what a loan is and what's expected of you and, you know, all the... I suppose, everything about the, the whole service. And um, if you're interested, then you come back for a follow-up day. So I was like, yeah, definitely really, really interested in this. It's something I want to do. So I came back two weeks later for the follow-up. And I was like, yeah, definitely, this is for me. So at the very end of that session, they make you sign up, or they make you do a little uh, short interview. It takes like two minutes. So I sat down, and this guy was interviewing me. And it's just really about your kind of name, age, occupation, where you live, likes, dislikes, this sort of thing. So they asked me my name, they asked me my, my occupation. So I said, I was a speech and language therapist. And then they're like, okay. And one of the other questions is like, would you feel comfortable working with somebody with a communication impairment? So straight away, my mind's like, fuck no. And it sounds terrible, but I, I just didn't want it to be a work thing. So I was kind of like, oh, I really don't want to. And it sounds horrible. <laughs> so I was kind of like, oh, I just knew if it turned into like a work thing, it was probably something I wasn't going to really enjoy because I wanted it to be a break away from that. So anyways, um, out of weird Irish politeness, I'd be like, of course, no problem, that'd be fine. So I went away home that evening and I was kind of raging with myself. I was like, why did you not just say no? Like, you know, and they told me at the, the interview that they were like, it'll probably take a couple of months before we can pair you with somebody. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And then I went home and I was kind of mulling it over and I was like, oh, do I, do I really want to do this? Um, what if I don't like the person? What if they don't like me? What if, God, heaven forbid, that they've had a stroke or had dementia and it does turn into this thing where I, I feel like it is more in a, in a work capacity as opposed to something else. Um, not to say that they don't have amazing stories and voices to share, but like I said, I just wanted it to be something a bit different. So they actually contacted me maybe six or eight weeks later and they're like, oh, we found you a match. And I was like, okay, great. So we set up a little meeting and I went along and I met the lady that I was paired up with, Chrissy. So it was myself. There was three people from alone. I think maybe they're training somebody in, Chrissy, and her son had happened to call over. And she lives in this tiny little house, so we're all kind of crammed in. And I suppose I said hi to Chrissy and we, we didn't really get much of a chance to chat that day because, you know, the people from alone were explaining what happens. And anyways, as I was leaving, I kind of set up a, a meeting for the next time I go to see Chrissy. So that was fine. And I went out to her the following week and the people from alone had told me that one of her interests was current events. So again, I was kind of like, fuck, I know nothing about the world. <laughs> so for the whole week, I was kind of, you know, frantically like Googling Brexit and the war in Syria. And, you know, I kind of rocked up to her house the next week and I was like, yeah, got this. I know all about Brexit. Yeah, didn't really have a clue. And uh, so I arrived anyways. And the first thing Chrissy said to me is, so uh, you watching Love Island? I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so then I spent the following week uh, watching Love Island, catching up on all the gossip. And uh, when you ask Chrissy, why does she like watching Love Island? She'll tell you, oh, I just like the drama. Why, why do you really like it? I like watching all the men with their shirts off. I was like, <laughs> just a woman after my own heart. <laughs> so um, at the moment now, I've been volunteering for 18 months. Uh, I've been paired with Chrissy. Um, I go visit her once a week on a Monday, so I was with her last night. Um, it's genuinely just turned into probably the highlight of my week. She's amazing. Um, you know, if you have a shitty day and work on Monday, you know, oh, I'm going to go see Chrissy tonight, and we'll sit down and have a tea and a chat, or go for a drive, or go out for a coffee. Um, and it's just really lovely. 
So what can I tell you about Chrissy? She's um, in her late 70s. She's from inner city Dublin. She's got a great accent. Um, she's lived around North Dublin for her whole life. She was married to her husband Desi for 50 years. Um, he sadly passed away last year from MS. And she does say that every year it gets harder and harder as opposed to easier and easier. Um, they had six children together, four of them live abroad, uh, two are in Dublin, but, and she, she sees them a bit, but you know, she's still quite lonely during the week. Um, what else can I tell you? Her favourite TV shows are Love Island and Power, the, the gangster show set in New York. <laughs> um, she wears dentures that don't fit her at all, so when she laughs they either fall down or fall out of her mouth. <laughs> She is like a cat with more than nine lives. She's been, this is no lie, she's been knocked down 11 times. <laughs> 11. <laughs> she got knocked down one day, was brought to the hospital, and when she left the hospital, got knocked down on her way home. <laughs> this is like, she just really shouldn't leave the house. Um, <laughs> she's smoked like a trooper for her whole life, so she's on a vape now, and she's under strict instructions that she's not allowed to smoke. Um, um, what can I say? It's like the girl was saying from Alone. Um, I think I was going through quite a lonely time in my life. I've been living in Dublin since, since I'm 18, between college and studying. Um, I've had the best years of my life in Dublin. I've had so much fun, but I guess in the last three, four years, a lot's changed. A lot of my friends have gotten married, moved home, bought houses, had babies. So you just don't really see people the way you used to. And um, yeah, I, I think I was just going through a phase where I was starting to find Dublin a really lonely place myself sometimes. And um, I just have to say that it's probably been one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I think I started probably for very selfish reasons um, and it's just turned into just something amazing. I feel like I've found a proper friend in Chrissy. I've met her family. Last night I was talking to her daughter who lives in London on FaceTime. I've chatted to her grandchildren in Australia on FaceTime. Like they're just really amazing people. Um, I kind of feel like we all live in a world where we're very disconnected, everyone's very busy, everyone's on their phones. It's very hard to have proper conversations and it's just really nice to sit down for an hour or two every week and feel really connected to somebody. Um, so I have to say that I'm really, really grateful to Alone for bringing Chrissy and I together because it's just turned into a really beautiful friendship. Thank you. <laughs> was Laura O'Brien there and she has uh, she sent us on a picture of herself and Chrissy and it was taken last year at the Tato theme park which is Ireland's answer to an actual theme park so Chrissy and Laura are planning to return there whenever things get back to normal um, I asked how Laura how Chrissy was doing and she replied so this is Laura speaking she said she's Chrissy is doing well and is keeping in contact with her six children she's got two in Ireland one in London one in America and two in Perth and the grandchildren um, they all keep in contact through FaceTime her kids have also sent her puzzles and jigsaws and she's also doing crosswords to keep her brain active my advice is that now we have extra time on our hands it's a great opportunity to go back to our strong Irish storytelling roots um, if you're lucky enough to be in contact with anyone from older generations, it's a perfect time to ring them up for a chat and find out about their lives and the interesting things they've done. Alone, of course, are doing just that. They run a 
national phone line for older people who have concerns or questions relating to the outbreak of COVID-19 in Ireland. And that number runs from 8am to 8pm and it's 0818-222-024. So that's the Alone Helpline. And that's just basically providing a bit of information and support um, for older people at a time because it is particularly difficult uh, for them. On Saturday alone, which was a week ago, they received 1,100 calls in just one day. So there is a lot of people out there who are using the service, which is fantastic. But that also means that that's straining the resources that alone have access to. So if you can go to uh, the website alone.ie, you will find out ways that you can donate, fundraise, and basically try and help out what is a very, very, very special charity here in Ireland. Okay, that is it. We hope you've enjoyed the stories. We're going to keep them coming. And with that, I want to announce that we're going to be doing a very special online storytelling event next Friday, April the 10th. And the theme of the event is The Kindness of Strangers. Uh, It's going to be taking part online, so you will have to join the mailing list. We'll email you the details. It'll probably be a link. Um, We'll be using something like Zoom. So if you haven't used Zoom before, this is a really, really easy program um, that you can just follow the link. Um, You can use it on your phone. You can use it on your computer. So we'll have all those details in the email. So you make sure to join the mailing list. And how do you join the mailing list? You go over to the website, the DublinStorySlam.com and uh, click down and you'll see, uh, click on a link for joining the mailing list. Um, It's going to be hosted by Colm O'Regan, who is our, our regular Story Slam host. We want to tell you stories that are going to connect with you, make you feel better, distract you, give you a bit of a laugh, but ultimately maybe that you take something from it, you know, and, and, and you, you apply that um, positive message. And the message that we're trying to spread is the kindness of strangers. So if you want to come along, be part of that, please do, because a story needs an audience. And so without an audience, a story can only go so far. We are also asking people We want to hear your own personal stories. So if you have been exposed to any kindness from a stranger, or maybe you did something that was kind and you want to share it with us, just email us in directly, story at thedublinstoryslam.com. Just a little kind of bit of a a note. Um, And who knows, we we may even, you know, help you turn it into a story that you yourself can share at one of our events in in the not too distant future. Okay, that is it. Um, I'd don't know. Hi, I'm speaking to everybody uh, who's listening to this. And one of the beautiful things about being working at home is that you get to spend lots and lots of time with your kids. In this case, Quiva. Quiva, say hello to everybody. Hello. And Quiva, do you have a message for everybody? That uh, yeah, about the virus and everything like that. What do you want to say to them? I mean, we we have to stay away from everyone. And we don't kiss anyone or hug anyone, uh, anyone or kiss anyone or hug them or shake their hand. Very good. And what do we do with the washing? We wash our hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that is it. She is gone. Okay. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> wash your hands. Wash your hands. 
Okay, so that is it. A huge thank you, of course, to our amazing storytellers, John Craddock, Rose O'Donoghue, and Laura O'Brien. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what we're doing, you want to give us a little fist bump or kind of a little high five or a little hug, um, just go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us a review, uh, share the stories with your friends, uh, or, you know, as I said, just email us in your own little stories, uh, all under the theme, The Kindness of of strangers. Thanks so much for listening. Be strong, be happy, and be safe. Talk to you soon. The Dublin Story Slam is part of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts, as is my podcast, Science Drops. You can find more great shows at thewarren.ie. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.